Alrighty, welcome to Mitch and Kel's VFL Divisional Previews. Um, today we will be starting off with the Kim Division, and I have a special guest, uh, Callum Dennis, joining me. How are you, Cal? I'm great, Mitch. Fantastic to be here. Very excited for a new season of fantasy. I know it's it's rolling along quite quickly, actually. I'm getting getting hyped. Yeah, absolutely. I was um, in the app the other day and it came to the, the countdown to our draft and it was like 40 days and it felt like I checked it the next day and it was down to 36. So, very exciting time. Sheesh. Yes. All right. Well, shall we get into it? Let's get to it. <laughs> All right. Well, we start off with Brad. Um, we have, oh, sorry. I should explain. We have a little bit of, we have a few different categories for each um, thing. There's a few different segments. Uh, this segment is called the fan base mindset. So, what is Brad's fan base mindset coming into this season? He uh, he finished five and eight last season. Last year, probably fairly disappointing by Brad's standards. I think he'd be looking back to bounce back this year. Might be a little bit more motivated to nail his draft this year. What do you think, Cal? Yeah, I think so. I think even though it was disappointing for Brad last year, I definitely think it was kind of, um, you know, could be expected. You know, he's always someone who doesn't really work the waiver wire that much. And last year was certainly an example of that. But he's got a lot of top-end talent. You know, a couple of years ago, I think he finished second or third. So he should be he should be chomping at the bit to get going this year. Yes, hopefully he's a bit uh, motivated and ready to go. Um. Next, we have We Know What You Did Last Summer. Ooh. <laughs> what did he do? So, it uh, looks like he's going to be keeping Dame, PG, and possibly John Collins. Um, hasn't made any trades. Has he ever made a trade that wasn't with Jack? He has actually made a trade with me, the uh, PG <laughs> for Embiid swap a little while ago. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's not quite, not very an active person in the offseason, Brad. Um, but yeah, it looks like Dane and PG could be his two go-tos. Not too sure if he's going to take a third guy in. I wouldn't bother keeping John Collins, but uh, we'll see what he decides. Yeah, I agree. Um, Cal's sneaky big question. What sneaky big question do you have for us, Callum? So my sneaky big question for Brad is, 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 is this the final season Brad has a shot at a championship with a team built around Dane Rule and Paul George? Now, he finished Whoa. second in 2019, Brad. Um, he hasn't been in the playoffs since. He's got Dame, who's a top 12 player the past four seasons. And he's again projected at number four this season. And honestly, I think he could be a little bit of a sneaky MVP candidate, whether that's with the Blazers or whether he's traded and you know goes into a bit of a Steve Nash situation where he left one team, went to another, made him a true contender, number one seed kind of thing. Philly. Philly, oh! So we'll see. So I think he's in for a big season again. And then PG, at the moment, he's projected by uh, Josh Lloyd to average 26.7 rebounds and 5.5 assists, as well as over three three-pointers made per game, which are pretty big numbers. Obviously, this is a year for him to go huge with Kawhi not in the picture. Um, so I think those two could have, both have huge seasons. But at the same time, Dame and PG are both 31 years old at the moment. Next year, going into the season, they'll be 32. Another year older, you know, Kawhi will be back on the Clippers. PG's usage will probably go down again. So is this the final kind of go-around for Brad with these two? And if he doesn't get it, get it done, I don't really see any other option but a rebuild heading into the next season. Yeah, I agree. I tend to agree, actually. Um, you know, PG this year has a really good opportunity with Kawhi out. Um, 
and so and Dame's obviously always a beast. So it'd be interesting to see if he can really nail his draft and make a push. But um, yeah, I think he you could be right. He, could, he might be blowing it up if he, if otherwise. <clears throat> um, all right, next segment we have clairvoyant Mitch. Uh, I put my clairvoyant hat on, and my prediction is that Brad will be having a baby in 2022. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you didn't see that one coming. I didn't see that one coming, no. Wow. I have nothing, hey, you... nothing, nothing really to base that off, just I'm just feeling it in my, I can feel it in my loins. <laughs> All right, uh, next segment we have champagneing and campaigning. This basically is just like uh, a funny moment we've had at the breakups or, you know, just anything notable in that regard. Um, I think that Brad's finest moment probably in the league was hosting the boys for draft night. Um, having other boys at, was it, is it in Essendon or something? Ascot Vale, I think it was. Ascot Vale, yep. And uh, I remember end of the night, it was me and Cal versus uh, Jack and Brad in a bit of 2K15. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think remember. that was... Did we win? Yeah. Um, I can't even remember. All I remember about that is me and you were absolutely hammered, and I think those two just wanted us to leave really badly, but Brad was a good <laughs> enough guy to set it up for us and let us go. Yeah. Very good. I remember feeling so ill in the Uber on the way back there. Uh, it was a DD because I remember the Ubers were really expensive, and I was like, don't drive my DD. <laughs> uh, good times. It All right. Last one for Brad. We have the fan mailbag. So I'm just going to dig into Ooh. my mailbag here for Brad and pull one out. Oh, it's going to reach down really deep. There's quite a lot here. All right, I got one. Uh, this one says it's from Anonymous. And it just says, I had sex with Brad once and he had a massive Johnson. I've been dreaming about it ever since. <laughs> wow. Wow, that is some fan, fan mail. Yeah, gosh. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> Huge, if true. Yeah, wow. All right, uh, that wraps it up for Brad. Uh, next person we have is Lockie. Now, Lockie's fan base mindset. He's uh, finished 4 and 9 last season off the back of a big 2019, which was wrapped up uh, short for Lockie, who was coming home hard. And I think Lockie tends to have a bit of a pattern. He, he seems to usually has one bad season, then a good season, then a bad season. So I'm expecting him to bounce back in a big way this year. What do you think, Cal? Yeah, I think he's. I think you're pretty much on the money there. I think he's uh, really set up well to have a big season. Um, you know, he's got Jokic, who's a huge chance to be the number one overall player again. He's got some really nice draft capital at the top there, and people talk a bit of crap about you know Baguette, Biombo, Gobert, but you know if he <laughs> does give you a pretty nice head start in blocks, and with Jokic with the rebounds and the field goal, um, that's a really nice base to build from. So. If he drafts well and he doesn't make any crazy trades, I think Lockie could be a really, really big threat this year. Yes, definitely. All right. Uh, we know what you did last summer, Lockie. Ooh. Ooh. Now, Lockie's had a very, very active summer. Uh, he's made quite a few moves. Uh, let's go going back to this. I should have written these uh, moves down in order, but we've got... He's traded Simmons and the 86th pick to Bryce for the 40th overall pick. And I really like that move by Lockie. Getting another early pick really sets himself up for a good draft. Um, 
And then that's obviously led to his next move of trading the 107th overall to Heist for Jar and the 126th overall. And I think that's a good price for Jar and a lot cheaper than what Heist paid for him last season. But I do think the price for your last keeper has come down significantly in recent seasons compared to what we saw, even for what uh, Heist paid for Jar the previous year. What do you think, Cal? Yeah, look, I think you're on the money there with a lot of what you've said. And this um, kind of section about Lockie is, is going to come up a little bit in my uh, sneaky big question. But I do really like the trade of Simmons because I think that Simmons is someone who kind of sits in that, you know, maybe he's like the 30th to 45th best player you'd want. I think there's a lot of guys there who are pretty bloody even. So, you know, to get the 40th pick for him, um, when we've seen kind of the price of keepers go down significantly recently, um, and then, you know, be able to pick up someone else in that range, like I think he's very good value. Yeah, I think he's done well there. And um, his last move was with doing a pick swap with Steve. Obviously, he had a bit of leverage considering his recent moves. And he gave up his uh, fourth overall pick to move up in three other rounds. Don't mind that one for Lucky as well. Agreed. Uh, moving on to Cal's sneaky big question. What have you got for us, Cal? Yeah, so as I kind of alluded to just before, my sneaky big question for Lockie is, did Lockie cost himself a genuine shot at the championship with his trade for Ja Morant, and does he have the courage to fix it? And what I mean by that is, like I said, I really like Jokic and Gobert together. I really like picks 40, 43, 52, and 62. And like I spoke about, which were his first four picks, and like I spoke about, the trade for Simmons I really like because between players, you know, 30-odd and like 45, there's not much difference between them. You know, if you go through who's going to be available at that area of the draft, like what I would have done if I was lucky is just, you know, make that trade of Simmons, get that pick 40, pick someone else up, as you know, in the third keeper slot just with it by keep taking the two keepers in and, you know, get that extra value because that person's going to be just as good as Ben Simmons in my view, as well as having pick 40. But the thing I don't really like is then filling that slot with Ja Morant, you know? Mm. Like, Morant, he's, he's really exciting and a really good basketball player. Um, he's obviously a guy in Memphis his teammates love. Um, but he's one of those guys who seems like he's a better real basketball player than fancy basketball player. Yeah, so, it doesn't necessarily translate. Yeah, I'll send you... I'll send, I'll, I've got a couple of things for you. His, his, best, his best category last year was assists, which he, which he averaged 7.4 a game, which was 10th in the NBA, which is really nice. But what do you reckon Ja Morant's second best category is, Mitch? Uh, would have to be points, wouldn't it? Yeah, so points is his next best category. He averaged 19.1, which was 51st in the NBA. So, yeah. And then after that, you know, he averages like under a steal a game, like 0.2 blocks a game. He's what not you say efficient he either the points. field. Huh? So, so what did you say? He averaged 19 points. Yeah, he averaged 19 points a game, which was 51st in the NBA overall. So that was his yeah, second Yeah, it's not a lot, out. is it? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I mean, yeah. everything else, he's like a negative in. Like, he's 0.2 blocks, 0.9 steals, um, doesn't shoot efficiently from either the line or the field. So for me, like, it's always, it's always hard to kind of make a trade and then, you know, swallow your pride a bit. But for me, it's like, does Lockie have the courage to maybe let Ja Morant go now after making that trade? And, and will that help him out in the future? Ooh, okay. That is a, that is the sneakiest big question we've had so far. Whoa. <laughs> um, I, just my thoughts on Ja. Like, obviously, it is a, it's a big upside move there. Um, but I think Ja Morant kind of reminds me of like a young Derek Rose, just in his play style. Like, he's very aggressive. 
likes to attack the ring and often that time often that side of play style can uh, lead to just missing games and poor durability like we saw what happened to Derek Rose um just wasn't the same after he had like his knee reconstruction and stuff who knows what's up for Jar, but like yeah just throwing your body around the lane like that doesn't really uh it's not very advantageous to fantasy I don't think yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one. So some people like Westbrook, who's like he's like a, just an Iron Man. He's he's kind of plays that way a little bit. He's just he's always remained healthy. But then we've seen guys throughout the years, like you said, like Derek Rose, who it's really impacted on. So yeah, you know, true. I think it's I think there's a lot of risks there, but the, and I don't think there's that great of a reward with Jar Morant, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, next we have Clairvoyant Mitch. Ooh. I predict that by mid-season, Lockie will start eating chicken again. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> again, I have nothing to base that off. I'm just feeling it in my loins. I like it. But it does kind of lead into the next story, though. My uh, champagneing and campaigning for Lockie. Uh, oh, I've just lost where I was. Here we go. All right, I think we, except for maybe new members like Toby and, uh, I don't know if there's any new members in Toby, but anyway, um, we all used to remember the nugget Snapchats we used to get from Lockie, coming home from Lammy's, and he just smashed nuggets and put his sweet and sour sauce all over his face, and I'm pretty sure he actually has a ta- tattoo of a chicken nugget now to commemorate these times, and now, would you believe it, he's vegan. Very strange behaviour. I think it had something to do with his partner, didn't it? <laughs> yes, it, yes, it does. I think um, we've all been there before. I'm we sure have. the Nuggets probably miss Lucky. <laughs> uh, all right, moving into fan mailbag. I have to get into the uh, bag again. Oh, oh, there's a few for Lucky. Oh, here we go. Uh, this one's from Ronald, and it just says, "We miss you." Not really too sure what that's about. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on, we have Jack Burnett next. Jack Burnett. Yes. The uh, the King and I. What's his new team name? It's the Over30s Lakers, is it? Something like that, yeah. I think he might be throwing his hand up for another uh, worst team name there, possibly. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's not great. It's not very inventive. Um, and, you know, Lockie is a pretty harsh marker, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jack's fan base mindset. So Jack finished 7-6 and six last year, just missed out on playoffs. I think that was really typical uh, of a season for Jack. In You know, he always runs, runs with the pump build, and it sort of always seems to be that sort of situation where he looks quite dominant going into the end of the year, but it's whether he makes it or not. And last year it was one of those ones where he didn't make it, um, but it did look scary at times. Uh, I think Jack's fan base would be a little bit concerned about uh, the new arrival in Jack's life. Um, obviously, Jack welcomed a baby into his life. Congratulations. Um, and they might be a little bit concerned about how that's going to impact his team going forward. What do you think, Cal? Yeah, I look, I think what you said about, you know, Jack being in kind of that middle ground of teams trying to make the playoffs, it just kind of is a bit of a testament to how how tough our league is and how competitive it is. Because, you know, if Jack had a got in last season, who knows, maybe he goes all the way, but he just missed out. And I think I think you're on the money. I think his fan base mindset right now is that they expect to be competing for a championship, you know. 
as you said, his his team's you know quite old. Kyrie's a bit of an enigma. Um, we'll see what happens uh, in terms of the in terms of the child as well. It's obviously a huge change in Jack's life, and that may also be another thing I'm looking at in my sneaky big question for him. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Right. We'll, we'll leave that one there. Um, all right, we know what you did last summer, Jack Burnett. Ooh, what did he do? Tell me. <laughs> right, so it looks like Jack's going to roll with the old dogs, LeBron, Westbrook, and not so much of an old dog, but more of a, a weird sage-burning dog, Kyrie. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> I, should we? Hit, I'm guessing you're going to touch on a bit of that in your sneaky big question? or I have nothing to say about Jack's keepers in my sneaky big question. Oh, okay, okay. Well, we may as well discuss then. Um, it'd be interesting to see LeBron and Westbrook on the same team. Obviously, that's not uh, ideal. And then Kyrie, obviously, when he's healthy, I think, what is he, top 10 last season? Yeah, he was like something like the fifth overall player or something in per game value, yeah. which is pretty crazy. But I guess the thing with Kyrie is you never know where he's going to take off and miss 20 games in a row or something. So... We'll see what yeah. happens there. I know. I, I feel like I don't think I don't know if he's ever played a full season, but he's he's a certainty to miss fifteen to twenty games. I would say. Yeah, I think with 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 Jack, it probably Kyrie really embodies what his team's all about right now. It's very high risk, very high reward. Like if LeBron and Westbrook both play, you know, seventy plus games, both you know probably have like a little bit of a dip in their numbers with playing with each other, but can get close to that, and then Kyrie comes out is you know. In, crazy efficient player alongside KD and Harden, you know, this team could be extremely, extremely good. But on the other hand, you know, if Kyrie takes some of his sabbaticals and, you know, you know, it's a longer season now, 82 games a game. The Lakers are pretty old. Westbrook and LeBron getting primed for a playoff push. Um, could be curtains for Jack. Yeah. Um, damn it, I had a point I was going to say. Oh, yeah, we, we obviously can't rule out also... Jack just going with LeBron and Kyrie and not keeping Westbrook and maybe taking Drummond. Well, that's that's always an option for Jack. <laughs> and I think Drummond, you know, backup centre for Philly behind Embiid, going to get a lot of minutes. So I'd definitely be taking him early. <laughs> it, it was rumoured to say that uh, Jack did say once on record that uh, he rated Drummond higher than Towns in his build. Very interesting. I, I'd like to see what his build is. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, that leads us into Kel's sneaky big question. So Take sneaky us away, question, Kel. Yeah, sneaky big question I've got for Jack is how will having an infant child affect Jack's season? I think, you know, before I say this, it's all obviously a little bit tongue-in-cheek because being a dad from everything I've heard from anyone who is one of them is the most amazing thing on earth. So, But we cannot, we cannot deny it impacts on things like fantasy, social that kind of stuff. And, you know, some people can balance it pretty well. I look at a guy like Bryce who works from home. He's always got NBA up still, always responding to text messages. You know, the Bri- fact that he's got... Yeah, I was going to say, Bryce has arguably used it to his advantage. Legit, I would say. He's adapted. <laughs> he's been amazing in that sense. But there have been other people in this league. I don't know if anyone remembers Dante, who was one of the earlier members of the league. But I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. he, he left once he had a child. That was the reason he left. And then... He's, I'm out. <laughs> He's out. He's had a child. He's out. And then, you know, Dan Brown, obviously, um, you know, he's got a child now as well. I think, you know, Bryce has a massive advantage working from home, whereas Dan works in some form of trade. And 
um, I think goes home and goes goes from work. Doesn't he's on his he's on his phone much. Gets home and it's baby time. You know, I'm trying to have a bit of banter with Dan Brown in the group the other day. I sent like a, a Snapchat. I think it was about New Orleans Pelicans or something. And I think he responded two or three days later. So, you know, <laughs> That's on Toby time. Yeah, it's, it's on Toby time. So it's like, <laughs> you know, with Jack, he's kind of in the same position where I think he runs a, like part of like a family business doing, doing plumbing or something. He's, he's working long hours. And then when he yep. comes home, you know, is it going to be a bit of a Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, Alley kind of thing with, with the baby <laughs> coming to him and then that's his night finished. So... You yeah. know, will he be able to get onto Jack? Will he be able to do his fancy research? Will he put in waiver claims as much as he used to? It'll be interesting to see how he balances it. Yeah, well, you never know. Gosh. Um, that kind of leads into my clairvoyant Mitch, actually, funnily enough. Ooh. Ooh. Put my clairvoyant Mitch hat on. Uh, I predict that even with the baby, Jack will return to it, return his best fantasy season yet. So, you reckon he's going to win the title then? Well, you know, it's hard to say, but uh, <laughs> I reckon, I think that uh, he'll use it to his advantage, much like Bryce. I, I know Jack's a dedicated man, and I, I think that he'll, he'll be able to uh, work it well. Well, let's hope for him, but let's not hope for the rest of us. <laughs> All right, uh, next we have champagneing and campaigning. Um, one for Jack that comes to mind is when he hosted us in his uh, apartment uh, just off Mallet Street. It was a very nice apartment, sunny afternoon, the beers were flowing. Uh, I think Jack even did like a little trivia game for us. It was pretty unreal. Um, he flexed his expensive cat litter on us. <laughs> and there was a big 2K tournament. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was that was a great day, and I will say I think Jack's ability to host a fantasy function is quite underrated. Like you said, he's got a nice pad for it. I think he's moved now, actually, but at that time it was a, it was a great place for a fantasy breakup. And even last year, um, was it last year or the year before? Which right in the peak of COVID, we had like a virtual a virtual night, which was kind of our breakup night. And and Jack ran a full quiz. I don't know if you remember on Zoom. And yeah, like, it, that was it wasn't just wasn't just like. Uh, pen and paper, like, you know, keeping score. He had, like, options coming up on the screen, you know, the PowerPoint presentation, that kind of thing. You had to click options, send him send him your, your, your queries and your answers. And, um, yeah, it, yeah, was, it, was, it was very impressive. Yeah, he does it right, the old Jack. Uh, if you, you've got a new place, apparently, Jack, you know, have, don't, have us over, host the party. Don't be, don't be a stranger. We can all, we can all babysit. <laughs> All right, uh, fan mailbag for Jack. I just have to dig into my bag here. All right, uh, what do we got? Hey, all right, got one. Oh, okay. This one's actually from an ex-league member. Ooh. All right, so from Brad Armstrong. It oh, just uh-oh. reads... <laughs> yeah, uh-oh. <laughs> it just reads, Die in hell, Jack. Mine and AJ's fantasy league is way better. Whoa. Unnecessary. Like, I know. As if you're going to take. Can't believe you took the time out to write that in and send it to me. Go. Well, that is. That guy just knows, no, that shame. Yeah, no shame. No <laughs> shame. Right, let's just move on before we talk about Brad. Next, we have Jesse Heiss, the Heiss Heiss baby. Mm. Okay. Uh, all right. So, Heiss's fan base mindset. 
So Heist finished 7 6 last year. He uh, made the playoffs. Um, and I think it's safe to say that Heist generally has a, a general aura of a I'm better than you. <laughs> and he showed, he, he tends to show glimpses. So, I, like, you know, I think he, he might have knocked a couple of big guys off last year. Um, and I, I, I don't expect too much different from him this year. I expect him to show glimpses. Uh, but, you know, maybe he might fizzle out a little early again. What do you think, Cal? Yeah, look, I, I agree with your uh, thinks he's better than us kind of narrative. He's giving me a little bit of abrasive, <laughs> abrasive at times, Heist. And I can just imagine with the trade he just did with Stu, where Stu apparently did not realise that Kawhi was oh, out for the God. season. And Heist moved up from pick 100 or to pick 70 or whatever it was. I can yeah. just imagine his smug face sitting there giggling to himself. And I think that is a perfect representation of what Heist is about. But look, Heist, he's, he's an interesting cat in this league because he's someone who he always he always wants to make the win now move. And it's worked out pretty well for him. You know, he's usually around the playoff mix, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, around that kind of middle area. Um, and I expect him to kind of be the same as what you've said this year again. He'll be he'll be amongst the action. Not sure he's got the top-end talent to kind of go all the way, but I think he's going to be doing everything he can to um, get into the playoffs again and have a really consistent season. Agreed. And and uh, Heist usually drafts well, so it's going to be interesting with that extra pick he got for free from Stu. Thank you, Stu. <laughs> uh, I guess that leads us into We Know What You Did Last Summer. Ooh. All right, so I guess we already touched on the Stu trade. But um, he also traded uh, pick 43 and pick 91 to Steve for pick 45, 100, and got his keepers in uh, Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker. Um, I think that's a pretty reasonable price to pay for those guys, I suppose. Um, you know, what, irrespective of what you think of them as keepers, it's still quite cheap to get uh, two guys. Uh, what do you think, Cal? Yeah, agreed. I mean, they're a nice fit with Zach Levine, those two. Um, you know, they'll have nice field goal percentage, nice threes. They'll have um, good points, um, really nice three throw percentage. So he, he, he certainly targeted guys who fit, you know, with Kawhi's injury. He's now best player in Levine, I think. And um, yeah, look, I think it was a nice price to pay. Obviously, Steve was at a little bit of a disadvantage in the negotiation process because he kind of already had his three keepers locked in and those two are really his fourth and fifth best players. And, you know, on one hand, I'm a little bit against the trade because I don't think you should be giving assets to someone for like their fourth and fifth best player. Like, you know, what's that kind of say about the rest of your team? And as I kind of said before about Simmons a little bit, I think Booker and Mitchell kind of fall into that, you know, 30 to, you know, 45 best, fifth best player in the, in the league. Mm. And you could kind of just grab someone for free. You know, you probably could have got Mitchell and Booker for free or, Someone very similar if Steve had to trade him to someone else. But look, overall, they fit his team well, and, and it'll be interesting to see how they go this season. Mm, I agree. Um, so, just wait, do you think that he's going to keep Levine? I think he will. Like, I, I think one thing we kind of overestimate at times throughout the years is, you know, when a really good player has other good players come to his team or goes to another good team. You know, like, I remember, remember like earlier on when. When KD went to um, Golden State, and we're like, oh, fuck, like, I wonder what's going to happen to him and Steph. And yes, they took a little bit of a hit in their counting stats each, but their efficiencies were both crazy. They both ended up top five players still. And, you know, if you look at that yeah. team, you know, Levine's still the number one offensive guy. He's still going to have the ball in his hands a lot. And, you know, Vucevic, you know, he was really healthy last season, but he's someone who's had a few injury issues throughout his career. 
you know, what happens if Vooch goes down for like 20, 25 games, you know, Levine, though, shoots right up. So I, I really like Levine still, and I, I honestly think he's still Jesse's best asset, to be honest. Yeah, wow, okay. Um, I, it, that Chicago in situation is quite interesting, um, you know, like having there'd be a lot of the first time that they've actually had a true point guard come in for Vooch and probably Levine. Um, yeah. So that'd be, that'd be interesting. Hmm. But I do like that, you know, Lonzo is the kind of guy who's he's not a guy who's going to dribble the ball up the court and run pick and rolls and handle the ball for, you know, 15 seconds of the shot clock like a Chris Paul kind of guy. He's a guy who likes to get the ball, push it down the court, play fast. And I think, you know, that Get it through really, some hands. Yeah, exactly. And that's really going to work into Levine's favour. And another thing for Levine, and also Booker on Jesse's team, actually, is, you know, Bill Simmons actually always talks about it as the post-USA basketball bump where guys go in, you know, they train with you know, this group, they play together and, they usually come out in the you know the, have the you know the best season of their careers to that point afterwards. So interesting to see what happens with uh, with Levine this year. But I, you know, some people might never not be as high on him, but I I actually really like him. So um, I think he definitely keeps him. Yep, yep. All right, uh, that leads us into Cal's sneaky big question. So my sneaky big question is, is this the perfect season for Jesse to finally make a long-term move and do something drastic for the betterment of his team's future? And what I mean by that is that we kind of alluded to it previously where we said, Jesse always makes the win-now move. He always wants to be competitive and go for it this season. You know, and if you look at, I think one of his trades in the past, he, he traded like Kyrie like at a really random time to try and get a win that week. Uh, I can't remember exactly what the trade was. I think he might have got Donovan Mitchell back, but it was like, when it came up, I was kind of like, whoa, like, what did he do that for? And like, he later mm. said it was basically to win that week. So he's not, he's certainly not afraid to pull the trigger and try and be good right now, Jesse is. But just he does play team, with a lot of pride on the line. He does. He gets very involved at that point. Um, but I think for him, with Kawhi going down and being out for the season, he was his real one kind of, you know, depending on how you, how you view Kawhi as like a blue chip asset, but he's he's a guy on a per game basis is like a top five guy and he's gone now. So is this the season for Jesse to kind of now step back and just be like, you know what, I've got this extra pick for, from Stu. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take in Levine. I'm going to take in Booker. I'm going to take in Mitchell. I'm going to draft someone like Cade Cunningham with my first pick and then go best player Ooh. available every pick after that. And then at the trade deadline, just flip, you know, Levine, Booker, Mitchell, every other player besides Cade Cunningham or something. Maybe I'll try and get a Carl Anthony Towns or a Giannis or someone like that to really build around moving forward. Like to me, that could be the, that is the big question for him. Or a Harden, Sorry. yeah, something like <laughs> that. You know, send him to a guy who's, who's trying to win the title that year and get, get one singular piece so you can really, you know, be a top five asset moving forward or something like that. So... Don't know if it's yeah, in Jesse's that... DNA to do that, but is this the perfect yeah. season for him to do that? Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, all right, next we have uh, Clairvoyant Mitch. Ooh. Um, all right, I predict, and this sort of goes against the Cal sneaky big question, actually, but I Ooh. predict that we see Heist, Heist pushing in. I don't know if he, has it, if he has it in him to win it all, but I think we might see Heist finished third overall this season. Wow. That is, that is yeah. a big call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, just, that's just something that came to me, you know. Uh, I looked down at Heiss and I, after I saw him down at Apollo Bay with a, possibly a new girlfriend, I thought, wow, could this be the year that Heiss finishes third overall? 
Interesting the Warcraft convention was in Apollo Bay this year. Yeah. <laughs> I know. All right. Uh, the next cha- the champagne and campaigning, I think for Jesse, is a pretty obvious one. Um, the boys are at, what's that place called? Imperial. The Imperial uh, for Fantasy Trade Deadline Night. And uh, this is probably the most famous champagne and campaigning story out of them all. But uh, obviously... Jesse was in his bag that night. Uh, the boys were deep in trade talks, and all of a sudden, I don't know what—I don't know how it even played out. But Jesse coordinated two girls to kiss each other. Uh, it's unprecedented, really. Unprecedented scenes, and it's something I have to admit I wasn't there for that. I've never actually seen this occur, so I've heard second-hand information. Don't know what I was doing at the bar, maybe taking a piss in the toilet. I got no idea, but I missed it. But you know, kudos to Jesse. Everyone talks about it flat stick, so it must have been good. <laughs> well, I was going to bring her at the time that he uh, there was a, when he tried to fight you at uh, my birthday. <laughs> that was just two abrasive guys having a good time. <laughs> All right, uh, fan mailbag. Gosh, there's a lot here for Jesse. Let me just go through a bit of it. All right. Uh, oh, okay. This one. Smells quite nice, this one. This is Ooh. weird. It might be uh, scented or something. Okay. All right. Uh, from Georgia and Emily, and it just says, please call us back. Oh, dear Lord. I was going <laughs> to add that uh, when we talked about the champagne and campaign, Jesse always just seems to, like, we'll be at, sitting at a table, like a fantasy event. We'll be drinking, talking trades. And you look over and Jesse's just at a different table with three random girls speaking. <laughs> like, it's very strange. Like, it just always happens. <laughs> this man moves in, in, in mysterious ways. He does. But it always things happen. I'm like, where's Jesse? Maybe we should, maybe should hit him up for Levine. And then, oh, wait, he's over there deep in conversation with two females. <laughs> uh, good old Jesse. All right. Uh... Next, we move on to yourself, Mr. Dennis. Uh, Ooh. Mr. Kel. All right. Uh, Kel, fan-based mindset. Uh, obviously finished uh, second last year, 8-5 and five, uh, in the regular season. Um, always, You always seem to have a very strong team. Um, obviously, last year you, you traded AD and took a big swing at it. Um, but honestly, I don't think it seemed to have affected your team too much going into this year. A lot of people are quite down on AD, um, especially yourself, which probably led to the move. <laughs> but um, I expect you to be looking to run it back, and I imagine you'd be pushing for the grand final again. Well, they're very nice words to hear. Appreciate it. But yeah, look, <laughs> obviously it sucked to trade AD last year. Um, I definitely think some of my moves last year were really based on the tattoo bet me and Steve had. Um, so Steve, if you're listening to this this year, no more tattoo bets because <laughs> it really like as much as fantasy is really fun. I was just like so like locked in and like stressed about like that tattoo bet that I maybe made some win now moves. But in the aftermath of it all, with you know the kind of how stacked the Lakers team is right now, AD is getting a little bit older. Like he's not certainly not old, but he's late twenties now, and you know with his injury concerns, like I think he's kind of. He's out of that kind of top five player kind of range now, I think you would say. You know, if there was another keeper draft today, I don't think there's any way he, he goes in that top five. For me, I've got him ranked around, you know, 10th or 12th. So, um, yeah. and, you know, Trey Young and Beal have both got around that kind of that kind of range as well. So, 
I don't think overall it's really really hurt me too much. Um, but yeah, look, AD when he's when he's healthy is certainly phenomenal, and maybe you know this year he's kind of um, spurred on by the the street clothes jokes, and he has a massive year for Bryce. But in terms of my own situation, yeah, look, hopefully I can run it back and you know be up there again. But as we've spoken about with a few guys, um, you know this team is very sorry, this league is very very competitive, and I've had a pretty good run. You know, I, I won the won the league, and I think the first the next year after that I finished fifth, and then second the last two years, obviously. One of those was the asterisk year where kind of I just got put through to second place without actually playing the playoffs, but still had a pretty good season that year. So um, certainly can't compare, complain about that. Yep, yep. Um, just quickly on the tattoo, but uh, I don't, as Steve hasn't got the tattoo yet, has he? He has not. It's been something which I haven't really pushed to this point, but I'm putting him on well, notice now that it's. Uh, yeah, you know Steve, what? you're on notice now. We, uh, this is your final reminder tattoo. Thank yeah, you. It's still not that far away, you know. The season, you know. I think the deal was to get it done by the by the by the tip off, and uh, it's only yeah, about a month away it. now. So, what is it? He's going to get two tattoos if he doesn't get in right then, isn't that right? Oh, look, you know, look. If that's league <laughs> consensus and we put it to a vote, and that's what they agree, then I'm certainly all for it. <laughs> all right, uh, moving on to we know what you did last summer. Ooh. Um. So obviously you had. Um, if you're too shy, let me know it. Uh, in surplus, <laughs> and uh, you've able to trade him to let dog and move up three picks in the uh, process. Um, obviously, can't really fault that. Um, if you look at you know Toby trade Sabonis, only got one like, to move up one, so I think you've done well there. Any words on that, Cal? Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's you know it is what it is. You know, I had an excess kind of guy. Like I said with Steve, he had. He had two, he got, what, 11, 11 kind of spots total moving up. I moved up three in a pretty high position. So, yeah, can't really complain about that with Shay. Yeah, very nice. Uh, do, you, do you have a sneaky big question for yourself? I do. I have a sneaky Ooh. big question for myself. I have... Oh, okay. Wait, hold on. I've got to do the intro. Next we have Cal's sneaky big question. So I've gone with a bit of a negative one. I thought about going with, can this team go 17 and 0 or 16 and 0? Oh, our season is now. But no, no, I've gone with. It's down to 12 and 0, isn't it now? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I said there's only 12 games now. <laughs> All rivalry games. Uh, <laughs> you you 12 times and me versus Bryce four times. <laughs> um, so the the line is okay. Is this team a sneaky chance to be flat out bad in four categories? So. Obviously, I've gone with some with, with with three guards, and you know I'm going to be very very good in points. I'm going to be good in threes. I'm going to be very very good in you know three throw percentage steals. I'll be good in assists along with points. I'll probably be the best in the league at those based on everyone's. Can three you just start with telling us what you're not going to be good in, please? Well, that's what I'm going to get to. <laughs> but the in terms of projections, the highest rebounds I've got for a guy right now is four point five. The other two under oh. four. Not a great start for that. Field goal percentage, I might be okay with because Beal and Fox is, as guards, they're, they're, you know, they're pretty good with their field goal percentage. But I do need some big men. So, you know, if they don't go off the, go off the board early, I could be in a little bit of trouble there. Um, yeah, wow. Yeah, blocks obviously factor into that as well with the big guys. And, you know, if you look at turnovers, well, coming into this season, Trey's projected to have the second most turnovers of anyone. Beal's projected to have the 14th. And Fox is projected to have the 29th. So... Probably in pretty rat shit in that as well. So, be interesting to see how my draft goes. Um, but yeah, look, I have to draft well, or I could be a 
basically a five-category team, which, you know, if I have one bad category each week, it's, it's going to be hard. Yeah, that, I guess that's the uh, the troubles of not um, going in with a, a big as a keeper because you sort of put the uh, – I know that's happened to me a couple of times and I've had to take a big first off the board or, a, or in the other case, maybe a guard. But it does definitely put the onus on your draft very, very early. Does it certainly does, and look, I'm I'm okay with it because I think there's going to be a number of big guys available around the the regions I pick. But at the same time, all it, all it takes is someone to maybe love a guy a little bit too much and pick him a little bit early, and it, I'm like, oh shit, what do I do now? So we'll see what happens. But it's all a yeah. bit of fun, and I look forward to draft night. Who are you targeting early? I stop giving you free information. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only kidding. Um, but you say you're available you... there. I might have to take him. <laughs> Would you say you're in the market for a big? Look, I don't think so. I'd look, I'm pretty locked in on keeping Trey and Beal, and I'm very, very intrigued by Fox this year. I know like most people probably Ooh. would have Shea above him, but you know, Darren Fox, he's been in the league four years. He's gone 11 points a game, 17 a game, 21, 25. He's improved every year. Last year, he averaged uh, 25, three and a half rebounds, seven assists, one and a half steals. Shot really nice field goal percentage for guard. Um, and over the last 25 games or something, he averaged like 28, 4, 8 assists, 1.8 steals, 1.9 threes, while shooting like 50% from the floor. So I think he gets overlooked a little bit because he lives in, well, sorry, he lives, but he plays in Sacramento, which is a bit of a, a shit team. It's not a big market. You know, they're not on TV much, but, you know, he's certainly a guy who's super talented and, you know, I think can take another step forward this season. You know, I was thinking between him and Shay, you know, look, like what's the upside there you know Shay there's a pretty high percentage chance he might be shut down for the last 20 games of the season game with the way OKC operate a little bit with their tanking um, yeah for sure yeah whereas Fox I think you know Sacramento's always trying to push for that that uh, that play in that playoff bottom spot and you know Fox is the, he's the leader on that team and um, yeah look I'm pretty encouraged by him and you know he's free he never ranks really high in basketball monstering like that because his three throw percentage isn't great and you know he hits less than two threes a, a game for a guard but He's improving in both those categories, and hopefully, now he takes another step this for this for this year. So, I'm to answer your question. I've got I know I've rambled a little bit, but I am I am pretty pretty comfortable with Fox there. You know, if a, a big guy became available, who knows? Um, but look, I'm I'm pretty pretty comfortable take, taking in those three guards at this stage. Oh, that that makes it things easier for me, so I don't have to reject uh, Trey for a bonus. So that's all good. Anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> next, we have Clairvoyant Mitch. Ooh. All right, I put my clairvoyant uh, hat on and I'm looking into the future. And I can see a second ring on Cal's finger. Wow. Not, look, I would, I would thank you, but I know exactly what this is. Absolute jinx behavior. Uh, <laughs> can't believe it's happened again. Well, 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 well. Uh, hold on, you haven't let me finish. It's, uh, I haven't said, it's because my, my, my clairvoyance powers only go so far. So I, I can't I can't tell whether it's a fantasy ring or if it's a wedding ring. <laughs> it's honestly hard to say, but I, it just feels like you're going to get a second ring. Well, I would like one at some point. I mean, the, we've postponed our wedding twice now. And, you know, obviously, who knows with what's going on with COVID. We've been set these benchmarks of, you know, um, supposed vaccine, vaccine rates. And once we hit them, we'll be opening up again. But... Who knows? Maybe there's another variant that comes out and we get shut down again. But hopefully, <laughs> April next yeah. year, it's all happening. We'll see. Woo. 
Um, all right. Uh, champagneing and campaigning. This was a tricky one because I honestly feel like, oh, oh you're doing champagne and campaign. Um, yeah, look. <laughs> Uh, this man likes to pop bottles. Um, one story I would like to share, I guess, was we're at Listen Out. Um, the boys are having a good time. Next thing you know, Cal's kissing Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Listen Out, this could be one of many stories, but I didn't expect that one. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, it was funny. Uh, and I uh, do owe Courtney one still, so um, whether I save that for the wedding or I don't know, that remains to be seen. But Look, it does. And look, I would like to defend myself, you know, before the jury <laughs> on this one. I was at the stage of the day where, you know, a couple of extracurriculars have been consumed. And, you know, I think we'll, I can't remember what we're doing. I think we're walking to a stage and I was kind of just doing my like bit of a creepy cook thing where I was just like, talking to Maddie, I was like up against the ear. I'm like, Maddie, you're so amazing. You're such a great partner to Mitch. Like, you know, I love you. I'm probably good. You're amazing, blah, blah. I think I went to like kiss her on the cheek and then she just moved her head and all of a sudden her lips were like smacking into mine and she was like, ah! And I was like, ah! Was very awkward. You were like, hey! And I was like, oh my God! So I, I to be fair... That wasn't on purpose. <laughs> no, no. To be fair, I think we were all like, we were all like face-to-face at the time but you just... You turn around with a give Betty a kiss on the cheek and she did the same thing and bang! <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I haven't heard the end of it since. <laughs> it does make for a funny story, though. Um, all right, uh, we're moving on to the fan mailbag. Uh, I'm getting to my mailbag here. All right, I've got one. Ooh, you might know this person, Kel, actually. Ooh. This one's from Courtney, actually, and it just oh, says, she loves you, Didicums. That's very, very sweet. <laughs> yes, thanks, thanks, Courtney, for writing in. Uh, obviously a big listener of the show, so thanks, Courtney. We hope you enjoy it. <laughs> I'm sure she will. She'll be pumping it on the way to work tomorrow. <laughs> All right, uh, and last but certainly not least, we have myself. Um, All right. Ooh. Uh, do you want me to go? Th- all right, all right. Well, you can go first, Take it whatever away. you want to do. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, fan-based mindset. I uh, finished 9-4 and four last season with the best record. Thank you, Toby. Um, and finished third overall. Yeah, so essentially that is that is what I had written down. I said um, you started <laughs> off this, this league in a blaze of glory, three straight championships, you know, a feat which would be might not ever see repeated. And uh, I think the year after that, you finished like maybe third, I think. So first four years were pretty successful. The next two years after that, you didn't crack the top three, um, but rebounded this past season with the best regular season finish and also a third place finish. Lost a bit of a heartbreaker to me in the playoffs, but then rebounded absolutely destroying stew the next week. So it was a very strong, strong, strong season. I think you now Harden, does he, does he reach, I guess, the top five in terms of total value this year? Um, I think he might sit a few games, you know, with Brooklyn trying to get him primed for the playoffs. But I think top five in terms of um, per game value, he's certainly a huge shot to do that again. And I think as long as you've got him and with, you know, being locked in on the draft and, you know, making very nice early moves and getting to bonus, um, I think you'll be certainly and your fan base expecting to contend once more. I agree. 
Uh, moving on, we have We Know What You Did Last Summer. Ooh. Ooh. So I haven't been too active so far. Um, obviously, trade to pick, I think it was pick 41 to pick, oh, I can't remember the actual pick, but I, tra- I moved uh, down the spot with Toby uh, in exchange for Sabonis. Mm. Um, there's actually a lot of debate there because Toby was, believe it or not, quite unsure whether he wanted to keep Sabonis instead of Vooch. The man was very... It's very hard to let it go of his Sabebe. Um, and, yeah, well, I ended up – I was I, – I, to be honest with you, I wasn't that interested in Bridge myself, but I was pretty happy to get Sabonis in the end. Um, yeah, look – And it looks like I'll be keeping either Harden, MPJ, or CP3, or KPJ, or Moses Brown. It remains to be seen. <laughs> A lot of options. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, in terms of, like – like you just said, you only moved down one spot for Sabonis. So I think in terms of some of the other trades we've seen getting around, like super value there. So, and I think when you look at his fit with Harden, it's um, very, very nice. So I love that fit together. In terms of that third keeper spot, uh, so side story, I thought about coming on this pod and being like talking about people's keepers and saying like K1, K2, K3, like on Supercoach. And then I thought yeah. that like, <laughs> that would be very, very lame if I didn't do it. Um, anyway, <laughs> back to our regular scheduled programming. Interesting question at that K3 slot um, in terms of, you know, CP3 is an option there. Uh, he fits great with Harden and Sabonis. And, you know, can you coax another top 20 season out of him? Potentially. MPJ, also a lot of upside there. Or will you go in with just the two and, you know, pick up someone else there? So I think there's a few options there. I think they're all pretty good for you. Yep, yep. Tend to agree. I uh, won't say too much on my side, but uh, KPJ is looking nice. Moving on to Kel's sneaky big question. So, my sneaky big question is, are we overrating Sabonis a little bit? So, the reason I say that is he was a 26th overall player last year. Had a really, really nice season. However, the first two months until the trade deadline, which is you know the majority of our season, he was only the 47th best player. But over his last 20 games, he averaged 20 points, 13 rebounds, and 7 assists. And over his last 10, he averaged 22 points, 14 rebounds, and 10 assists. So the old Westbrook kind of stat line there. So certainly had a really big end to the season. Um, but the thing is, last year, Malcolm Brogdon missed 16 games. Miles Turner missed 25 games. Victor Oladipo and then Karis LeVert, after they traded each other for him, played 44 out of 72 games. TJ Warren played four games. And so, look, is there a little bit of regression there potentially? I think that, you know, I'm not 100% certain it will happen because I'm watching Indiana, you know, Sabonis, he's clearly their best player. You know, everything ran through him last year. Um, And I think he's the kind of player Rick Carlisle will love, a really smart, high IQ guy. can certainly see him continuing to run things through him. Um, But look, you know, does he slip a little bit? And the thing is, if he comes out and puts up similar numbers to the end of last season and he's just, you know, takes another leap, he's still pretty young, you know, and becomes, you know, a top 20 kind of player, 25 kind of player again. You know, he's really, really nice with, with Harden. But, you know, he was drafted at pick 55 last season for a reason, you know. Um, that's where the kind of the, view, the league viewed him. So does he come in this season and be that, you know, top 20, 25 player? Or does he slip down a little bit and does that hurt Mitch in his overall <coughs> of the championship? So... That's my sneaky big question. I'm definitely not saying the bonus is going to be bad or he's going to have some huge drop-off, but just something to be aware of moving forward. 
No, I think that's all fair. Um, obviously, if he didn't have those uh, question marks around him, my dad, he would have been available where I got him. So mm. um, obviously you've got Carlisle coming in. Who knows? Does he want to play Miles Turner and Sabonis together as much? It's hard to say. Um, and then you obviously have other guys coming back. But I do think that, that Sabonis has a lot of upside being a young guy. And um, even if like his usage probably isn't in high, like maybe he'll get better in other areas. Yeah, I think he's always got a really nice kind of um, baseline for those rebounds. Like, he's a freak rebound. I didn't realise he was so good, but he was, like, what, third or fourth in the league last season? Yeah. Was huge. Was, every time I was playing Toby, I feel like he fucking grabbed 20 rebounds on me, the blood motherfucker. Mm, and his field goal percentage is real nice. He has nice steals for big guys. He averaged 1.3 last year. So, he's certainly got yeah. the baseline to still be really, really good. But, um, yeah, I know I do know watching – because I had Turner last year. I'd, you know, chuck a Pacers game on occasionally. And, like, everything was Brogdon and Sabonis. Like, I was like, Turner, do something. But, like, they just didn't pass him the ball. And, um, you know, can, will that change a little this year? Look, I, I think Carlisle's going to continue to run everything through him. But, um, you know, it is just something to, to take into consideration. Yep, for sure. And uh, another thing that sort of played into it, too, is I feel like I have actually not really had a big man um, for the past few seasons. I think that um, coming up against some of the punt build guys and stuff, um, definitely having that, that big rebounding guy will be really useful. Especially one so early um, that doesn't hurt me um, in other categories. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, clairvoyant Mitch. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh. I, I did have I did have one originally here that would have made a few people angry, but uh, <laughs> um, I put my hat on and um, I can't say too much here, but I I am seeing a big trade for Mitch in the future this season. Wow. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's all I can say, really. Just like I can just see a big trade coming. Uh, who knows whether that involves Moses, KPJ, uh, any of those guys. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. That is that is very very interesting news, and the league is now on the edge of their seat. <laughs> uh, moving on to champagneing and campaigning. Well, where do I start with this guy? Uh, <laughs> I think I think maybe like six or seven years ago. There probably wasn't a weekend me and you weren't out at home house together. There was a lot of champagne and campaign going on. Mm. Um, but yeah, look, I'm going to go with a bit more of a, a dip, like a bit of a side story instead, because it's hard to pick out one kind of moment in the, uh, in the, in the fantasy breakup uh, kind of uh, thing for you. So I'm going to go with one which happened a little bit after one the next morning. I remember there was uh, the, the night of the Imperial. Uh, it was me, you... I think Toby was Toby there for some reason. Even though he was in the league. Maybe I'm imagining that. But I remember we <laughs> we had a, we had a few extracurriculars and and met while he was there and um, we kind of trying to make him stay out. And he wanted to go home. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll drop you guys at the train station next day. But I come and stay at my house. Anyway, we had a pretty big night. Ended up back at mine. And the next morning, I went to bed with no pants on, and I'm lying in bed. And Mitch comes into my room and just like <laughs> I don't know what he was doing, but. <laughs> He just lifts up the doona and peers in at my crutch and then goes, mm, and then puts the doona back down and walks out. <laughs> I don't even remember that. It was very strange. And I was just like, all right, that's it. <laughs> my gosh. Uh, must have still been flying. Well, I'd like to at least wish I was. <laughs> yeah, look, it was very, very strange behavior, but it wasn't against it. All I can remember the next day was... Uh, Dropped at the train station and getting Subway, but, you know. <laughs> the thing 
was. I I remember I was like, yeah, I'll drop you. The, I'll drop you the train station. I'll drop you the train station. Then you guys came in the morning. I'm like, I am not getting out of bed. And like, uh, that's so, right. Yeah, we're gonna Uber. <laughs> so well, you had to get an Uber. <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, all right, we have our last mailbag for the uh, Kim division. Um, let me go into the bag here. All right, all right. This one's from Gavin. Gavin? It says, I'm a big fan of the show. I've been listening for a long, long time. It's my first letter. I just want to say how much I'm enjoying the Clairvoyant Mitch segment. Well, thank oh. you, Gavin. Uh, it's always nice to hear from the fans. Um, and we appreciate you writing in, so thank you. Thanks, Gavin. Um, I guess that wraps us up here. Um, we haven't missed anyone, have we, for Kim? I don't think so. That's no, all six done, locked in and ready to go. Um, we will be back with the Kanye division. Mm-hmm. Um, so stay tuned. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Fantasy Podcast. And oh, actually, Cal, I was going to say, do you service your car? I do. Not personally. I take it to a local mechanic and I feel very intimidated. Well, you should try Rock Auto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, thank, thanks, for, thanks for that, Cal. Um, and look forward to talking to you soon. It's probably a good idea to wrap up. We've almost hit the hour mark, actually. We have. Plenty of great content. Yeah. All right. Thanks for coming, guys. See ya. Bye now. Bye <laughs> now.